Yes, this morning, Jesus said this, that uh, many people would love to see what you're going to see and hear what you're going to hear. Uh, Daniel's going to help me this morning. Uh, how many love Daniel? Amen. Daniel, Daniel may need some prayer this morning. Come on up here and, and grab a chair right here, one of these chairs right here. I want you seated in one of these chairs just like this multitude of people. Uh, yeah, come on. I'll, if he sits this chair right here, can can the camera see? Okay. Now, Daniel, this is not personal. This is business. Amen. Even a 12-year-old was able to acknowledge that his calling and his purpose in this life was was business. They come looking for Jesus. Amen. They come looking for him when they went to be counted. Couldn't find him. And he said, did you not know I had to be about my father's business? So you might want to get comfortable there, brother. Matt, you want to help me? Come on, help help me right here. Come on. I, I need you to bind him. Hand, hand and feet. Tie him up. Start at his feet. Tie his hands up. Amen. That's brand new rope right there. Yeah. Good stuff. It'll be soft on him while it's holding him. <clears throat> Go around his feet. Go ahead and get these things in here good. All right, so so Jesus taught in parables. If you guys may not be familiar with the the purpose uh, of parables, he, he taught uh, practical illustrations in this life, in the earth, to reveal spiritual truth. It's what a parable is designed to do. Let human eyes and human ears be able to look at something and have it compared to what God actually would want or have revealed in this life. That's what he taught parables about. So I'm going to give you a natural illustration <clears throat> to reveal a spiritual truth on some of the things that uh, I've had an opportunity to share with pastors talking about fellowship. On uh, hold, on, hold on, Matt. Yeah. And so, uh, we, you know, I want to. I want to be able. To, can everybody see him? Okay. All right. So the reason I use these red strips is I want you to forever be reminded of the blood. Okay. So uh, put it put it around here so he can't talk. Amen. So I want to talk to you about I want to talk to you about the law of love. And the reality of fellowship. Okay? And and so uh the title of this message today is the 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 law of love is the law of life. All right, get him where he can't see. Now, you, now, just a few minutes ago, you were saying that you lift up your hands and you praise. Huh? Okay. All right, go ahead and get him where he can't see. Now, we know Daniel's got gifts and talents in him. And we know Daniel 
according to the flesh as Matt and Vanessa's son. Pastor Mark's nephew. Okay? And so you don't have a girlfriend, do you? So we, we could say so-and-so's boyfriend. We don't have, they don't have that. Okay. All right, so, but the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 that we no longer regard one another according to the flesh. So Daniel's place in Matt and Vanessa's life as their son, he holds a greater position in the kingdom of God as an individual member of the body of Christ. Daniel, the anointing of God is on you to accomplish this feat that you're participating in today. You hear me? Okay. Now, even though you may be able to get loose, the imagery here is you bound hand and foot. Your testimony's been taken from you because your mouth's been tied shut. The eyes represent he can see no way out. We're talking about the law of love, okay? And we're talking about the fellowship and the reality of it. So I'm going to read something to you here. Now, the scripture I'm going to use uh, for tonight is uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 6, and then, then also uh, John chapter uh, 13, verse 34 and 35. Daddy, you, you, yeah, you, show, you were showing compassion. You you were showing compassion when you you want to be like the apostle Paul when he went looking to persecute Christians, bind that man hand and foot so he can't move. Pull pull the pull this up tight here, okay, okay. So uh, Romans eight verse one, uh, there's. Therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. So I want to talk about the Spirit's law of life. Now, if there's a law that can make you free from the law of sin and death, would you not be interested in knowing what that law was? All right, so I'm here to reveal it to you today. It is the law of love. Okay? That's the reason we look in John 13, 34. Jesus said a new commandment that I give you. Does everybody know what John 13, 34 says? Are we able to put them up here? <clears throat> John 13, 34. Y'all just bear with me. Once we get rolling here. A new commandment I give you that you love one another, even as, high, even as I have loved you. You also must have love one for another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now, Pastor started teaching several months ago about the significant shift is always preceded by a significant if. Here's your if. The key to all men knowing that we are his disciples, his people, is if you have love one for another. Now, you see this individual member of the body of Christ. We know he's Matt and Vanessa's son, but he holds a greater place in the kingdom of God as an individual member of the body of Christ. 
I want you to, uh, as, a, as a fellowship, you see this man has a life-controlling problem that he can't get up from right here. He can't see the way to get out of it, and he has no ability to praise. But Daniel, in his position, he's sitting at right now, I'm sure he's saying, Lord, help me. Amen. All right, so now as a fellowship, as a body of believers, would you guys begin to pray for Daniel that God helps him? And then would you all as a group reassure him all at one time, Daniel, we love you. Come on, let him hear it. Okay, so one of the questions that... um, I want to ask about the reality of fellowship and this law of love that actually fuels and is the source for the, the fellowship being effective in the earth, okay? How, how do we know we've answered the call? Uh, we, you know, Pastor Mark used the 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God's faithful. Uh, and you've been called to the fellowship. So fellowship is a calling, Okay. And so the practical application of answering the call, how do we know for certain that we've answered the call to fellowship? Because we're a knowing people. I've read this the other night when when I taught, so some of it may sound familiar to you, but we are a knowing people. And there's no faith beyond what we know. So if you'll look at 1 John chapter 3, Man, I'm excited. This, this, these messages that the Lord has for His people is designed to generate great joy in our hearts. Knowing that you have the ability within yourself that when you see an individual member of the body of Christ bound hand and foot by something that's a life-controlling problem to them, you have the ability and the access to come lay your hands on them and set them free from the very thing that binds them. Amen. So 1 John 3, talking about us being a knowing people. I'm going to start at verse 11 here. For this is the message that you've heard from, from the beginning, that we should love one another. And not like Cain, who, who was the wicked one and murdered his brother. Now, I'm going to say something here in a minute. He, Matt talked about being bold. Uh, I'm going to just reveal some truth to you about this concept of Cain being uh, even mentioned in, in this whole uh, dialogue here that, uh, that John is... Uh, Revealing to the church um, that we should love one another. And he said, not like Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's works were righteous. And do not marvel, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know, so here's the word, we know we're a knowing people. Okay? No faith for anything that would please God beyond what you know. Pastor said it the other night. There's no such thing as blind faith. The knowing is what produces the faith. You've got to know that the things that you see and hear and what you participate in and what you partake in, you've got to know that's what God has ordained you to do. Or you will not have the faith to accomplish it. It's got to be a knowing. The biblical faith is a knowing faith. It's a knowing 
Amen. So we just notice how many times you hear this word. We, we know that we've passed from death to life because why? We, 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 we love God. Is that what, the, do we have the scripture up there? We, we know that we have passed from death to life because we've been born again. Whoever does not love his brother, what? Remains in death. Now, this is not necessarily talking about the second death. When you get born again, you enter into the kingdom of God. But what measure of death is this talking about in this life? See, death has different measures to it. You take a divorce. Two people get a divorce. Something died right then. God told Adam and Eve, the day you eat of the tree, you die. Well, they didn't die right then. So there has to be something that when death is mentioned uh, in Scripture that where there's just not necessarily talking about immediate death or the second death, then there has to be some degree or measure of that kind of death that falls in between somewhere that we need to pay attention to. Whoever does not love his brother remains in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. So this word hates is a word that has to do with treating with less honor, no respect, to turn away from, to despise. It has different aspects of how we look at people in this world particularly talking about the body of Christ. And I'm going to mention how this thing opens up, yeah, even to people that aren't born again, but especially the members of the body of Christ. So whoever hates his brother is a murderer. So let me ask you something. And I'm gonna, and a part of the message is this thing that binds Daniel isn't just the ropes or, or isn't just the... The, the cloth that uh, he has over his eyes and his mouth. What if this all represents Daniel having a financial problem in his life that has bound him hand and foot? It could be an addiction. There's many different life-controlling problems that's out there in the world. It's in the church. And just like Daniel sitting here, he, he is just believing God for some help. Help me. This man's got me in a pickle here. Amen. And so it says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. So can our selfishness or self-centeredness play a part in killing somebody? So by this we know that the love of God, he laid down his life for us, that we are to lay down our lives for the brothers. And whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need but closes his heart of compassion from him, how can the love of God remain in him? My children, let us love not in word and speech, 
but in truth and in action. And so it has to be a reality to us before we can have faith that comes with the power to produce the results in our lives that we see in Scripture that we should be experiencing. Fellowship has the power to transform every situation that we encounter in this life. And so one of the things I, the Lord showed me years ago, <clears throat> that, we, the, the, that in Scripture we've been uh, identified as weapons of righteousness in Romans. We, we, we have been labeled and identified with being a weapon of righteousness for the living God in this earth. And so it brings on a war-type mentality and an imagery here that the Lord asked me, when, when was the last time you aimed your weapon in the direction that helped somebody else win their battle? So here we are, when I said a fellowship has the power to transform every situation we encounter in life, you look at Second Peter chapter 1, and it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of the Lord Jesus, to those who have received a faith as precious as ours through righteousness, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and excellence and by which he has given to us exceedingly great precious promises that through these things you might become partakers of a divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. So Daniel, representing an individual member of the body of Christ, the things that he's got that's binding him, they very well, may very well be self-inflicted. It may not be that Daniel just inherited sin just because Adam sinned in the garden. This man here may have very well made some decisions and choices along the way in his life that caused him to be where he can't praise, he can't, he can't go where God would want him to go, he can't lift his hands, and he can't see the way to get himself free. And so with this type of ability that God's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness and this type of responsibility available to us, we should be eager and passionate about these things and make sure we don't forsake. That word forsake is, is, a, is derived from the word hate. You turn away from it. You forsake it. You hate it. You despise it. You don't treat it with value. We, we shouldn't forsake such a great salvation, such a great privilege, benefit and honor that has been given to us. And so I want to talk, to talk to you about the doctrine or the demonstration of love. 
Now, we've been made in the image of God. Is that correct? Okay. Now, I, I make a personal reference to uh, the Lord my God when it comes to Jesus' uh, time that he spent here on the earth. I call him the great demonstrator. Amen. Because I get that from John 1 where it said that the word was made flesh. And that describes him in, in the literal language as the great revealer and the great communicator of divine information unto man. Don't, don't let this get too deep for you because I'm gonna, I want to, I want to make sure that we're going to practice this fundamentally the way God would want. I want you to examine yourself today. And ask yourself, am I doing these things? The reality of the fellowship. Glory to God. Help me right here, Lord. So Romans 3, verse 24 through 26. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood for the demonstration of His righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins previously committed to prove his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. So you notice the demonstration is directly connected to prove his righteousness. And then we'll go over to 5 8. We're talking about demonstration of love. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. And keep in mind, we've been made in his image. God is the great demonstrator, God demonstrates his own love toward us in this way. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so the demonstration of love is the proof of the fellowship. It's the very essence of fellowship. It is the nature and the spirit of God himself. The demonstration of love is the highest level of evangelism that God has to reveal himself in the earth. It's the highest level. That means to mankind and through mankind. Pastor Mark says that whatever God has done for you or in you, he wants to do through you. So the demonstration of love is the highest level of evangelism that God had. Now, what is evangelism? That's the call to the world. Come unto the living God and be thou saved. And so where I've seen this, when I'm talking about the doctrine and the demonstration 
Paul preached. Everybody admit that Paul is a man of God that had powerful words. The Bible says that Paul preached and some believed and some didn't believe. The Bible even said about Jesus himself, he preached and some people believed and some didn't believe. But notice the turn in John 13, 34. He said, if you have love one for another, just as I have loved you, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. So the preaching produced some believing, but the demonstration produced to where all men believe. This is what the world's looking for. They're looking for a church that is supposed to be made in the image of God. And this greater works that we're supposed to do, that we, we talk about, our God is a big God. and this, So, has everybody been praying for Daniel? Everybody loved Daniel. Daniel's still bound. Does God love Daniel? So the law of love is what gives fellowship its reputation and effectiveness in the kingdom of God for this world to see and experience. Go to Numbers chapter 10. I I hope we're following that. That'd be awesome. Numbers chapter 10. I'm going to show you where this began. In the Old Testament, glory to God with Moses. Now, the people that dealt with Jesus in his day, they always referred to Moses. And the reason I like this, this word, this greater imagery, is because Jesus himself used it. They, they talked about Moses, Moses. They talked about Solomon. And they talked about Abraham. And Jesus said all, about all of them, he said, there's one greater than Moses here with you now. Amen. He said, there's one greater than Abraham here with you now. So this greater anointing that comes with the things that we're learning about how this New Testament opens up the, the, the law of love, not only just to uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself, but Jesus says you're to love one another just as I have loved you. That's another level of love. That's a love that only comes from the, the love of God that has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Romans 5, 5. So let's look at this, this type and shadow of the things that are to come in the New Testament. In this uh, example with Moses and the children of Israel. So Moses said to Hobab, Hobab is the son of Jethro, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. We're talking about the demonstration of love is the highest level of evangelism in the earth so that God's people and the people of the world can see it and experience it. So Moses said to him, We are setting out to the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Moses said, Come with us and we'll be good to you Because the Lord has spoken good things concerning Israel. Is that not an invitation 
that we all should be able to present to people that are lost and in the world that are not. This man was a Midianite. He was not a Jew. So he was not a part of God's people. No covenants, no hope, all the descriptive terms that it gives a man that was not a, a, a child of God in the New Testament. This is an open invitation. This is evangelism done in perfection. Come with us and we'll do good to you because the Lord has spoken good things concerning Israel. Hobab Hobab said to him, he said, I will not go, but I'll depart to my own land and to my own kindred. They said, I'm all right right now. Now I'm talking about, now surely you guys have experienced uh, the invite that you may have had with somebody in your life that you encounter on a regular basis, a one-time basis, when you said, hey, you need to know Jesus. And they said, I'll be all right, I'm going to ease this way. But And this is what happens here. So Moses kind of needs, he needs to turn up the goodness on him. So it went from God has spoken good concerning the things of Israel. And Moses says, hey, please don't leave us because you know where to camp in the wilderness. Uh-oh, so this man, not even a child of God, uh, a, a part of Israel, he got a gift in him. Don't, don't leave us because you know where to camp in the wilderness and you may be our eyes. Moreover, if you go with us and you use this gift you've got, amen, then, then whatever it is good that God does for us, we will certainly do for you. So see, here you have the individual member of the body of Christ. We know in the New Testament, some are eyes, some are hands, some are feet. Jesus is the head. This is a, this is a picture of the, of the body of Christ that's going to be presented to us in the New Testament. This man taking his place as the eyes of the people of God. Well, that don't come without a reward. You coming in and being faithful and functioning in your position, offering your gift and your talent and your ability, that, that Moses said, whatever it is that God has done for us, we will certainly do for you. Now, you guys sit where you're sitting right now. God has set you free. You can stand up, you can praise, you can lift your hands, you can see where to go, your left foot, your right foot, you can see all that. He can't do this. But yet he's still seated in the same seat you are, been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all still praying for him? Y'all love him? Amen. Daniel, you're doing a great job, my friend. You, you, you are being bound as good as anybody I've ever seen be bound. Amen. So the law of love is what gives fellowship its reputation and effectiveness. Now, if you look at this particular account right here, uh, when the spies go in and uh, they spy out the land of Jericho, Rahab the prostitute, she, she said to them, she said, hey, we've heard of the great things that your God has done for you. They already had a reputation. 
that when you join this fold, you ain't you going and and here's the whole the whole result of it. You you get over here in the New Testament, the Bible says this level of life should be that not one among them have a need. So the demonstration of love is a law that establishes and enforces God's will in this life. We know from Matthew 6.10, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God personalized this with me. He said, where you see that, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Thy will be done. We know His will. He told us in John 13, 34, a new commandment, a new law that I give you, that you have love one for another. Just as I have loved you. So how many ways in your life has God demonstrated His love for you other than you being born again and entering into heaven? How many ways? The kingdom of God is real life in this world. Whenever you read your Bible from here on out and you see the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, you put you write out next to your Bible real life. And I want you to read it that way because this ain't some fairy tale. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is the reality of fellowship. It's the oneness. And that's why gangs and your government and and all these perverted ways of trying to uh, emulate or uh, copy this idea that we're all one. That's why it's so effective. But it's perverted in, in its origin and, and, and the, the practical side of it is because it forces you to participate in it. You talk about socialism. God has a social standard. And it's in Acts chapter 2, it's in Acts chapter 4, it's in Acts chapter 6, chapter 11, that, that, that this fellowship... That, that not, not, not one among him have a need. And I know this may sound like an overwhelming thing because of the, the, the size of the group or the people or whatever, but how did the little boy think with the fishes and the loaves? Had 20,000 folks, and them disciples came to him and said, hey, the master said bring the fish and the loaves to him. He probably thought, hey, this, this can't do nothing to help this cause. And Jesus said, just bring what you've got. He raised it up. He blessed it. And he handed it out. And what happened? Multiplied, fed the folks, had fragments, 12 baskets left over. See, God don't want everything you've got. He just wants what you're willing to give. And let him anoint it. And let him bless it. 
Let him multiply it. Let the supernatural process of the kingdom of God transfer from the way it is in heaven down here in this earth. And then we'll reach a point where it said in the, in the book of Acts that these, these men turned the world upside down. So the law of love is where the great transfer takes place. From the works that Jesus done to the greater works that Jesus said we should do. And this is in our everyday lives. So love activates the gifts. And love activates the greater works. So in 1 Corinthians, let me show you this right here. Y'all, y'all help me, okay? Everybody, pastor says, picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> Now, remember the whole time we're supposed to have some joy. We're supposed to have some joy in our hearts when we consider the cost of what it's designed, when we consider the cost of being a follower, being made in the image of God of the Lord Jesus Christ. What man would build a tower? And get halfway through and not finish. The Bible said they'd look at him and mock him because he did not consider the cost. My friends, the church is being mocked today. In front of the whole world, it's why the government has so much power and ability. I thought about this during the COVID. Lowe's and Home Depot, Holy Ghost spoke this to me and it was just as real as me. you hear my voice. Lowe's and Home Depot got deemed an essential business. The church got shut down. And he said, son, Homes and uh, uh, Home Depot and Lowe's has proven themselves to be in the home improvement business. The church has not proved theirself to be in that business. So 1 Corinthians 12, I talked about the gifts and the talents and the abilities that each individual member has. We've seen it in Numbers chapter 10, Hobab's son. No, Hobab, right, Raul's son. We see it in Daniel, being a representative of an individual member of the body of Christ. And we're talking about the demonstration of love compared to just the doctrine. So we know that over in Acts chapter 11, uh, there was some conflict that come about where there were people among the body of Christ that wasn't, having their needs met on a daily basis. Now listen, this whole thing about discipleship and training people up is you don't just it's not a free ticket just to keep giving stuff. You want to train them and raise them up so that once you get their needs met, you you get them to a place where they're sitting in your seat next. 
See, Daniel's up here where he, he needs some help. Well, the whole deal is just don't come up here and just keep setting him free. You put him in a position by training him and building him up and encouraging him and comforting him. Amen. So at some point, he's down there in that seat looking up here at somebody else. And he has the ability to come and help. That's what discipleship is. So it's just not a, it's just not a meal ticket. It comes with great responsibility when God uses his resources through his people to help folks that are in need. It comes with great responsibility, both on the giver and the one that's receiving the benefit from it. And so in Acts chapter 11, there were some groups that were saying they wasn't receiving what they needed. And, 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 and so the, the, the men of the church, the leaders, they called in all the brethren that were out in the field evangelizing and preaching to tell them, hey, this ain't right. We, we got we to gotta figure out a way to make sure that these people are being provided for on a daily basis. So they stopped the preaching ministry to get the love ministry right. Do you hear me? It's in, it's, in, it's in Acts chapter 11. I think somewhere around verse 6. You read it. They shut down the preaching to get the practicing right. They shut down the doctrine to get the demonstration right. See, they knew that the preaching was dependent on the loving. You can't go ye into all the world and make disciples when you're a reproach among your own people. You totally disqualify yourself, according to the Apostle Paul, for any type of ministry that would be effective on the standard and the level that God gives us to be effective. Man, my heart bleeds for men like Pastor Mark. The time and the effort that he spends. And I'm here to help him. I told him just like the other men that I went to their churches. Look in them part something that will edify the body and raise them up bold as a lion. But see, boldness can't even take place if there's no willingness. But I know this man cries day and night. Wonder where are all the people? Why aren't they coming? Now, the Apostle Paul and Jesus, nobody preached as anointing of a message that these men did. And yet their preaching was labeled as some believed and some didn't believe. But yet when Jesus got over into John 13, 34, and he started talking about the demonstration of love, that you have love one for another just as I have loved you, the Bible says that all men will know. And they flocked to the master in his day and time. And he, he knew that a lot of it, hey, you believed just because you, you was fed and you were filled. You look at the prodigal son. The very thing that brought him back to the Father as he remembered he could eat good. Nothing spiritual involved in it. 
man, at least I won't starve to death in daddy's house. Then when he got back, a totally different revelation came on him. He got the ring on his finger, the robe on his back, the sandals on his feet, the fatted calf was prepared for him. That father treated him just like he had never left. So, in in 1 Corinthians 12, man, I've done good with the time. Glory to God, I prayed that Lord redeem my time for me. Hallelujah. This this might be an impatient bunch when I start. All right, so look, let's look at this. Let me show you how love activates the gifts. Do we not... Have we not been called to have gifts and talents and abilities functioning in the body of Christ? We're, we're not just now, Matt and Vanessa and, and Daniel, they, these guys, they're functioning in their gift when, when they're leading worship. Pastor is what he, his calling. But guys, we're, we're not laying hands on the sick. We don't, we don't have the gift of healings in our midst. Well, who's sick in their body? No, no, I'm talking about being able to lay hands on somebody when they come through these doors sick, in a wheelchair, on crutches, got a heart problem, got got lung cancer, got leukemia. This is where they need to come to to receive the healing. This is why the medical industry is so effective, that they get billions of dollars every year given to them, and the church struggles even to pay a light bill. So this 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is talking about the body of Christ and the gifts. Now, we get, it gets more credit talking about the gifts, but this is more about the body. So look here in verse 12. For as the body is one and has many parts, all of the, all of the many parts of the body are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. This word baptized is the, is the essence of being called. You, you, you are all called into one body. And, and whether we're Jew or Gentile, whether we're slave or free, and, and we all have been made to drink of one spirit. The body is not one part but many. Daniel is an individual member of the body of Christ. And he's got a life-controlling problem that he loves God He's in the house of God every night, every week. Whenever the doors are open, he's here. He's been faithful since his youth. But he's bound by a life-controlling problem that is frustrating his worship, frustrating his service, frustrating his sacrifice. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear says, because I'm not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has established the parts, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased Him. Now, if you just make reference to what we read in Numbers, Moses said, hey, you can be our eyes. 
And if you come with us, whatever God does for us, we'll certainly do for you. That's a demonstration of love. Bringing him into the fellowship. And so, uh, if they were all one part, where would the body be? And so there are many parts, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, those parts of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. <clears throat> and our less respectable parts are treated with much more respect, whereas our more respectable parts have no need of this. But God has composed the body, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacks it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that the parts should have the same care one for another. If one part suffers, we all suffer. And if one part is honored, all the parts rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individual members thereof. Now, I want you to go back, and, and so they may not, I didn't have this one up here, but I want to uh, read, just go back and see what the groundwork was laid for what he just said. <clears throat> In verse 4, there are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are difference, differences of administrations or ministries or service. That's what that word could translate, either one of those. But the same Lord... And there are various operations, but it's the same God who operates all of them in all people. It's the same God who activates all the gifts in all the people. And the Lord showed me how to study His Word. So we know from 1 John 4, verses 8 and verse 16, that God is love. Do we know that? God is love. So when you read this right here, glory to God, there are various ministries and services. There are various activities, but it's the same love that activates them all. Love activates the gifts and the greater works. And the greater works are found in the greater love. So you can say it like this. No greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. John 15, verse 11 through 14. The greater anointing is in the greater love. And we are anointed to demonstrate the love of God toward the brethren that's in Romans 5, verse, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 5, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and so the scriptures that apply to the things that the Lord Jesus Christ committed Himself, dedicated Himself to do in His earthly ministry is revealed right here in Philippians chapter 2. He said, if there is any encouragement, this is verse 1, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any compassion and mercy, 
Then fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, and being in unity with one mind. Let nothing be done out of strife or conceit, but in humility let each one consider the other person more important than himself. And let each one of you not only look out for your own interest, but also the interest of others. Verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 2. No, no, Romans chapter 10. No, no, Romans chapter 12. Praise God. I'm, I'm excited about this guy. Let me tell you why I'm excited about it. Because God's excited about it. He loves this message going forth today. This ain't taken away from me. I ain't in competition with Pastor Mark. This ain't taken away from nothing this man shares from the pulpit. But this day is anointed for this word you're hearing today. I'm excited about it because I know if we ever take our place in, in the position that we hear in this demonstration of love, we will, we will see the results that will turn the world upside down. Now, when you, when you take some examples that we read about with the rich young ruler, you know, Jesus came to him, the Bible said he looked at him and loved him and said, um, you know, they talked about the commandments. He said, all these I've kept from my youth. And so we know in the Old Testament, if you kept the commandments of God, you done good. But the minute that Jesus asked him, he said, hey, what do I still lack? What am I missing? You feel like in the body of Christ today there's something missing? Well, he said, go and sell what you have and give to the poor. And the Bible says that he departed. It grieved him. Didn't bring joy. It grieved him because he had many possessions. So, look, let's look at this 12 verse 9 in Romans. Here's another way that Jesus demonstrated his love for us when he was here in this life. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil. Cleave to what is good. Be devoted to one another with brotherly love. Prefer one another in honor. And don't be lazy in diligence, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering and in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and practice hospitality. Everybody praying for Daniel? Do we love Daniel? Daniel, are you still bound, brother? Okay. So Galatians... Chapter 6, and I'm going to finish right here, okay? Amen. Y'all shout with me, please, just one time. Somebody say, this is good. Okay, uh, Galatians, that encouraged me. There was some consolation in Christ Jesus right there for me, that I'm among the fellowship, the brethren. So, so here, here's this uh, Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 brothers if any man be called in a transgression you who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness watching out for yourselves lest you be tempted 
And then it says, bear one another's burdens so that you fulfill the law of Christ. That's John 13, 34. Now, let me explain to you what happened right here in the Gospels where Paul's saying, watching out for yourself that you're not tempted. And then that instruction came to bear one another's burdens. Jesus came to the uh, James and, and, and John uh, and Peter on, on the, uh, in the garden where he, he asked them, he come and pleaded with them to pray for him. Pray for me. Then he went away, came back, they was asleep. He went back, you know, prayed some more, came back, they was asleep. He, hey, can't you pray with me one hour that you be not tempted? So the prayer from their side of it wasn't for his benefit. It was for their benefit. He was asking them to pray for him. He had a burden on him that he, he could not, bear the load by himself, and he came asking these men, could they help him? They considered their sleep more important than the salvation of the world. I'm convinced that if we can carry a measure of the burdens that are on people's backs, and I'm talking about I've seen this in real life time, if they would have helped Jesus pray, I'm not necessarily convinced that he would have had to sweat great drops of blood through his skin. But they didn't help him. They considered their sleep more important than the salvation of the world. And guess what happened? It wasn't but moments later that they were tempted and they all scattered. So bearing one another's burdens so you fulfill the law of Christ and you go on down here to verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so I'm going to finish here. We're all going to we'll pray. We're going to all get up from our chairs that we're not bound to. We're we're gonna go and partake in whatever benefit and luxury that we have available to us. But Daniel's just gonna sit here. Because nobody's come to help him. Nobody's actually come up here and took this off his eyes so he can see. It's the demonstration of love. Now, y'all told him you loved him. Now, you're taking this off of his testimony, what, how he talks, how he speaks. And then when we pray and dismiss, now Daniel has the ability to be one among you and going and participating in the things that are great luxuries in this life, being made free in Christ Jesus. It's the demonstration of love. That's the highest level of evangelism that God has in this earth so the world and the church can see it and experience it. And the greater glory is in the fellowship.
Father, I thank you for this day, Lord God. Um, let grace be multiplied among this body. Let us not only be hearers of the word, but be ye thou doers. We're not like a man who sees himself in the mirror and then walks away and forget the face that he looked at. No, no. We're not like that. But we're going to hear what we hear. We're going to do the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been anointed with the same anointing as the Master Himself. The same Spirit that raised Him from the dead dwells inside of us. We're, we're not going to lean on our own understanding. How can two fish and loaves feed 20,000? We're not going to lean to our own understanding. But what we are going to do, what we have available, what we're willing to give, whether it's money, whether it's gifts, whether it's talents, whether it's abilities, the anointing that's on us, we're going to offer it to the body of Christ in the fellowship. And we're not going to despise small beginnings. Amen. We're not going to despise small beginnings. But we're going to engage in the things of God. And we're going to, we're going to aim our weapon. We're going to direct our weapon to affect the outcome of somebody else's battle. We thank you for this great privilege and opportunity in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We plead the blood on the body of Christ. We are his resurrected body in this life. And we're going to praise you and we're going to give you glory and the world's going to join us when they see it and experience it. The love that we have one for another being demonstrated. And we thank you for it. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Daniel, thank you, my friend.